Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today we're making a playlist for solo karaoke with my special guest, Elliot Glazer. Hey. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm so excited to do this podcast. You know I've been asking for ever because yes. I love it. I it's, love the idea. Thank you. I'm musical. You're musical. It's true. It's all true. Yeah. Yes. You've been on my list from the very beginning. And Bless your heart. You know, it's all, it's... <laughs> All the scheduling and the this and that. So busy. Um, now people know you from uh, from your podcast. You're making yeah. it worse. Uh, well, yeah, uh, you're making it worse. Is a podcast, mm-hmm. but then you know, like the musical stuff that I do is I do the show hunting renditions, which yes, is a full which that show. I love the concept for it. It's oh, one thanks. of those things where as soon as you started, I was like, oh, dang it. Why didn't I think of that? Oh, I never would have put the effort in that he does. So it doesn't that's matter. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's crazy. It's we've been doing it for like. It'll be five years, and it's just like a lot. It's a live show with mm-hmm. a full. I, I I I initially trained to be an opera singer, and then oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I went to school oh. initially for that, and then dropped wow. out. Well, not dropped out, but switched majors. So when did you start liking opera? I didn't. I was just like, oh, I can get into NYU on an opera scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And I did. It was like a kind of a long shot, but I did, and um, pretty quickly was like, oh no, 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 like. I no, I can't. I don't want to do. That's not yeah. what I want to do. You know, it was. Yeah, a, it's a very specific type very of singing. Specific, it uses yeah. your body in a weird oh, way. Yeah, it was a classic. It was like classical singing. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was. I didn't even get that far enough to know exactly like what it would be. Yeah, I really didn't. But ultimately, this show that I do is kind of like an outgrowth of what I couldn't do in college, I guess, and what I'm too afraid to do. I'm too afraid to like actually take the take the leap and just do music you know mm-hmm. or even write my own music it's it's too scary so this is a a sort of nice middle ground that still offers a comedic show that i like to think is is unlike you know any other and for, hopefully out there for anyone who's not familiar with it you take um songs and kind of not quite reorchestrate them but yeah no we do we, we like yeah. take them break them down and then rebuild them as these like operatic melodramatic you know ballads or whatever they might be whatever whatever tempo they're at they're meant to be like super serious mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not just like oh the song it, it's not just as as um simple as like what it sounds like which is just like taking songs breaking them down putting them back together but i try to do it from like a nostalgic perspective where i'm basically doing stand-up about music Mm -hmm. and because i'm so opinionated about music and that's why i wanted to do this podcast for so long (laughs) i was like oh yes 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 exactly yeah so that's kind of like the show it's it's like a mix of yes a a musician and, and like a full band doing music but also like comment commentary and yeah. commenting on music yeah and it, you draw out things that people may not have i think so i mean I, my favorite thing heard. to do is to like sing songs where people are like wait a minute i told i just forgot about like samantha mumba i just forgot mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. or something like wait wait, wait i you uh, i never stopped and listened to those ashley simpson lyrics i just mm-hmm. knew them like sound yeah but then when you stop and hear me when you stop and you come to the show and you hear me make sure that they're overpronounced or that you hear the how insipid they might be mm-hmm. that is like a different new experience for you as a musician as a music fan yeah and that's what i like to do one that always stood out to me actually built part of a solo show about, around it was um uh as long as you love me mm, by the, the backstreet, backstreet boys, boys. yeah because it's the most desperate song ever it's yeah. just like 
that should be sung by someone on the floor. Yes, someone. Like, someone I don't in care tears. what you do to me. I don't even care who you are. Just somebody, please love me. Just as long as you yeah. love me, that's it. That's but my that, standard. And right that there. was like that was to me that right like that song felt like it was like at least at the time it was like boys being vulnerable. Yeah, you know, and it, and and I assumed that it was like. Hey, I can do anything as long as you love me. Yeah. But that's not what it says. Right. It's <laughs> so, like, girl, girl. I don't care who you are. I don't where care. Where you've been. As long what, as you love me. I don't, I don't really want to know anything about Just you, pay honestly. Attention. <laughs> Just pay attention. Just pay attention. One song that like in that realm also baffles me if you stop and actually listen to the lyrics uh, is, um, it's, and it's such a bizarre anomaly because the song was hugely popular, but nobody would be able to tell you the name of the band or the song, but it was called... Rude by the band Magic, and it was okay. like magic with an exclamation point at the end. And it was a song that was it was like like a white reggae song. It was um, it was like uh uh, uh white now. It's not it's not that. Why you gotta be so yes? Rude. Why, you, oh, that why one. you gotta be I so rude? That it's, song. it's so bad. It's so awful. And it, but have you have you stopped and thought about the lyrics? Yeah, that's why I hate it because yeah. I'm like, girl, run, go back run. to your parents. They run. are looking out for you. It is the strangest, most like. Backwards. I want to marry her, and you're a you're a mean dad because it's just rude of you to say that I can't. And also, but I'm but I must ask permission for her yeah. her her hand and they're talk like he's talking about a woman like she's an object uh-huh. for the entire song. Yeah, it's so deeply and weirdly misogynistic and backwards, even though it sounds like a contemporary, you know, bad reggae song. I hate white reggae. Yeah, yes, hate I, white reggae. I'm not- I'm not really a big reggae fan. I'm not. A, I'm not all, against but yes, it, especially. But you know what? How, how do you feel about Gwen Stefani? I was gonna, just going to ask you because <laughs> you're not from the West Coast. I'm not from the West Coast. Yeah. People here loved, still love Sublime. Yeah, that never really. I think no doubt was a big part of that, and I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like against that. Whatever. I'm not against it, but I just it's just not for me. Yeah. That song underneath it all, it's catchy. <laughs> it's catchy. That's definitely white reggae. Yeah, that is white reggae. A lot of no doubt was like because ska and reggae come mm-hmm. from the same family. I yes. think. Yeah, it, but yeah, like ska evolved from reggae. Right, and I just don't. I don't know. I just don't really care. It it doesn't bother me. I just don't care. Yeah. But magic that band that song was ter- tr- atrocious. <laughs> Now, in every way. Now, you asked to do this theme, solo karaoke. Mm, yeah. And I think we have interpreted it differently. Okay. Because the songs <laughs> that you've chosen, I'm like, there is no way there are, you have karaoke tracks for these. Oh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> no, I do have karaoke tracks for t- t- one of them. Okay. But I think of them as karaoke that I sing. It's like shower karaoke. Oh, okay. So I am just okay. like, like, I love love taking showers (laughs) because i have my my jam box okay you've got a you got a shower sound system happening no just my jam just my like just my jam box but that goes in the shower or that's outside it's just like on the toilet okay you know and and it's just me and i live alone and it's i have so i just have so much fun singing alone (laughs) in the shower and i have such a long playlist of songs so i really 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 had to cherry pick some good ones for you yeah now do you ever go and Get a karaoke room and do solo karaoke. I don't. Can I please encourage you to do it? Okay, it's you've a done true the, joy. Yes, you've t- you've suggested that, and Ken Marino has also suggested that. It's it's like especially if I'm. There's been a couple times that I'm stuck in downtown traffic. Yeah. And Max Karaoke downtown oh, has the best. Yeah, and really cheap day rates. Yeah. So you can. Do, it's like three, four bucks an hour to go by yourself. Wow. And 
you just you just it, I feel like for me mentally and kind of physically, it's like taking a jog. That's amazing. Like, uh, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah. So oh, I'll that's just an amazing off. idea. Yeah. And Max is the best too. It's great. But um, they need to renew their liquor license. Yeah. And any private room karaoke place. There's just too many reminders of how filthy it is. Oh, yes. It'll always have like plastic wrap taped down on things. And you're like, oh, God. The thing that I just don't, the thing that I um, love about the the right karaoke place, and I think Max has this, is when you can shift the key. Yes, it does have that. And other people hate it when I'm karaoke with them and I'm like, I'll fix this for you. They're like, what's happening to (laughs) this Yes, they don't like that, right. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that was a little presumptuous of me. Well, karaoke is important. And also, like, I would do it with my, I still am friendly with a bunch of the people in my college a cappella group. And Mike, who is the, um, who is the musical director, is the person. How ironic. How ironic. Mike. (laughs) (laughs) He, um, he um, is... Uh, the um, the, uh, the band leader in my New York Haunting Renditions oh. and has arranged every song. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's great. It's like amazing. And so anyway, I was going to say we we were so serious about karaoke. Yeah. And I'm sure you are too. I mean, I try not to be too serious about it because I don't want to be like, I don't want to use a, kara- like a, a karaoke event where yeah. there are other people as my... Uh, my janky um, cabaret show right? where I'm like right. the room is mine now yes. <laughs> and I also don't want to be like a karaoke hustler who's like oh I guess I sing I, <laughs> yeah. you know I've worked on this song previously yes of course um, so I try to always do brand new songs yeah. when I'm in front of other people um, I still remember you did a great um, You and I by Lady Gaga I did? yeah at the Bigfoot at Bigfoot Lodge huh that really? it was great you, I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah, I do. It was great. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. I remember when it you came. It was great. Yeah, uh, that's a good, that's a good karaoke night. Did you ever do in New York? It, uh, it was. I mean, this is a, this is a, uh, um, uh, a, a, a reach. But did you ever, by chance, go to the Carriage Inn in Park Slope in New York? Mm-mm. Okay, this place. Is it a piano bar? No, it is a really dumpy. Um, like really dumpy, sad bar in Park Slope. Very sad. Like a tri- it's like a trip to like 1993, and not in a good way. But they would do karaoke on Saturday nights. That was incredible, and it was just the most fun. Like it was a husband and wife team, and they both looked the same and had like similar ponytails. They only wore like sweat <laughs> sweatpants and sweatshirts. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. It's like when you stumble upon that, mm-hmm. I prefer that over the kind of thing where you're in a public place and people are just screaming to yes. Bon Jovi or like yes. a prayer or like just, you know, just karaoke tracks. You're like, okay, just get through this. There used to be a karaoke night at this weird little bar in uh, Queens near where I lived. And first of all, the KJ, I have, I've had weird relationships with a lot of KJs mm. all over New York, especially yeah. where they like like me um like he would still he still kind of occasionally will contact me okay be like just wondering what's up with you hope you're doing great you're a star wow i'm like thank you thank you um but what was great was it was me and you know a few people a few young people but then a lot of weird old queensy people who were like this is a song that me and my wife used to sing to each other you know kind of stuff and i'm like yes give it to me that was the carriage i love it i want it all Mm -hmm. i want it all i don't i would so rather hear that than like some like frat guys or 
yeah. sorority girls uh, the, like screaming. The mega mix of Greece. Oh, kill me. <laughs> kill me. In I, the East Village, kill me. Mm-hmm. Well, for our first song, yes. let's get into the playlist. First song is mine, uh, which I always like to put a very on-the-nose song, either first or last. Um, and this one is Alone by Heart. Amazing. When I karaoke alone... I really like to scream sing it. Yeah. I like to go full out and sing things I probably cannot do. Same. That uh, is it's very true with hit. me too. Let's go for it. Exactly. Because no one, who, if you're solo shower, if you're solo karaokeing, no one's listening. No. But this is also on my list. Oh yeah. Not this playlist, but on the but actual in your, playlist. In your... Yes. I love it. I, it's um, it's a late entry for me too. I only added it in the past like six months, but I was like, oh. Okay, I can get this. Yeah. I still remember on American Idol, there was a contestant named Allison Irahita who sang this so well oh, yeah? that I downloaded it off of like YouTube and just, it's so good. That's, it's such a great song to belt. Uh, yeah. And there, and American Idol is great for finding those kind of gems. Yes. Like I remember, I think it was first season, there was a girl who did uh, Mary Jane mm. by Alanis Morissette. Yes. That's in my, my karaoke in hits mix when yep. I'm like, oh, there's a guy here. I need to sing something neat. Exactly. Um, and it's another like. Mary Jane. How does that, what's that one? What's the matter, Mary Jane? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, that chorus is a, it's a long way home in the wrong direction. Yes. Yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, but so Alone is um, obviously it's heart. Uh, they released their version in 1987, but it had come out before. It was written by uh, Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, and they released it as uh, their project I-10, but it was also recorded by Valerie Stevenson and John Stamos in their roles as Lisa Copley and Gino Minnelli in the original soundtrack of the CBS sitcom Dreams in what? 1984. What? It was, a, it was a CBS sitcom about a band. And they just had all and their soundtrack was like a bunch of cover songs wait, wait, that they did. They in the show. sang this before Heart. Yeah, John Stamos. John Stamos sang this before. That is insane. Heart. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. Yeah. and also years before he like ruined the Beach Boys. Yes, but also revived them. <laughs> he re- ruined and revived them at the same time. Yeah, it's like when it's like uh, uh, a designer item going to someone who cuts it up and makes it into a tank top. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> And so then, true. Then later, Celine Dion covered it. Also, I love her cover of it. Do you? Yes. See, I feel like it's a it's a little um uh, it's lightweight. It's lightweight, of course. This. But that's Celine. It's like it, it, there's no there's no there's no uh, heart. ironically there's no heart. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. There's no yeah. heart to it. There's no depth. But she's a machine. She is. And I like this. I I want to hear the machine. Yeah, that's true. I he like she'll she'll give you something glossy. Yes. And you like the I like the um being able to rely on that. It's just gymnastics and I'm here for it. Vocal <laughs> gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um yeah, I uh do you know um now I'm only I can't believe I'm only remembering his old name. I'm seeing Mr. Napkins. Zach Sherwin. Thank you. Oh yes. Um Zach Sherwin had a joke years ago that I always love and always think about with this. It was a whole rap that he had written about how he, um, sitting by himself, had learned all the words. Mm. And then right before he gets to the chorus, he would, it, because he would rap it over the song, and be like, so I learned alone by heart, alone by heart. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, darn it. What a pun that I'm okay. always going to love. <laughs> that is good. Alone by heart, alone by, by heart. heart. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, 
So, and the next song in the playlist is yours. Do okay. you remember what it is? Do you want to introduce it? Is it BB and CC yes, Winans? It is. <laughs> this is called um, Hold Up the Light. And I've, it's a gospel song. It's like a contemporary gospel song from the early 90s with Whitney Houston. Yes. And I just love every part. Yeah, I love the talking at the beginning that everyone checking in. You want to do this? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm ready, girl. <laughs> it's BB and Cece, who are brother and sister. Mm-hmm. Yep, they're the seventh and eighth of ten yes. Winans. Yes. BB is the most successful, I think. Cece, they were successful together mm-hmm. and then had successful uh, separate solo careers. But everybody knows them as BB and Cece together. And this song has Whitney in it, and Whitney sings the refrains, and she kills it. Yeah. Kills it. Yeah, she was good friends with them, apparently. She was, yeah. Uh, but I sing I, I sing this at full voice. Both and parts. All parts. I, I, all, no, literally, I sing on full voice, <laughs> all parts. Uh, 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 BB takes the kind of the lower, not the lower register, but the male register. Mm-hmm. CC kills it with the high stuff, and then Whitney just knocks it out of the park. And I can barely reach the Whitney notes, but I give it all. My, I give it my all. Well, and you're getting the steam, so getting you're being steam, relaxed right. and hydrated. Yeah, so it's crazy, good. though. Whitney has these, like... I can't even, I can't even, it, the, the the notes she hits are so high, and of course her riffs are perfection. Perfection. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, she was a real, like, she was a real, uh, you know, artist yeah. and musician with mm-hmm. her voice, like, trained with it, used it as an instrument in a way that I think, since it wasn't visible, the generations of pop stars since then and, you know, going forward just don't know that that's a thing you could do. Yeah. And haven't bothered. Yeah, they just kind of do it sloppily, mm-hmm. or not, not not necessarily even sloppily. It's just like without what's the right word, nuance, or without like artistry, I think without thought. Yeah, without like like how am I going to, where am I going to place this? Where yeah, am I gonna, how am I going to phrase this? I think uh, Christina Aguilera sort of like kicked that off, but I think American Idol ruined it by making everybody feel like the voice that I have to have is this like. Vocal gymnastics. Vocal gymnastics, gospel voice, but I don't even know that it's steeped in gospel history or, you know, where it comes from. But I'm just going to, like, scream and mm-hmm. try to do the gymnastics. And, again, it's not a bad thing, but, like, when Whitney does it or or I'll watch, like, early Mariah videos and just just in awe. I'll just watch her mouth move and you just I, my jaw's on the floor. I just can't believe what I'm watching. Now, how did you find this song? <laughs> oh, BB and Cece? Yeah. Okay, so Benjamin my... and Priscilla. <laughs> is that their names? Yeah, it is. Oh. And Cece, they won a bunch of Grammys together. Cece won some solo Grammys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if BB did, but the the what I've always heard and read is that they um oh, this also was off of the album Heaven from yeah. 1988. Was that Cece sort of like was a lot more shy. Cece was more shy. BB was more of a, um, BB is more of a, like a, a, a heartthrob. Mm-hmm. The reason I know this is because I went to go see the, the official BB Winans musical. Wow. <laughs> yes. Where was that? That was here in LA somewhere. It tours. I, I don't uh, think it I was. I love a touring gospel musical. Oh, it was, it was. I have a whole thing well, about the, it. They're, they're usually very bad. I I wasn't allowed to see them when I was a kid, and we would have commercials on TV because, like, my parents weren't going to buy tickets to that. Right? Um, They were going to buy tickets to, you know, fences. Yeah, like some (laughs) dramatic work. But the commercials on TV looked so fun, and they wouldn't let you go. No, yeah, Yeah. like one monkey don't stop no show. Right? He say, she say, but what do God say? Yes. Well, usually they're they're not. It's not that they're bad. They're just like hokey. Well, yeah. I mean, they're Tyler Perry. Exactly. They're Tyler Tyler Perry broad brush. This one that we saw was not. Bad. It was surprisingly not bad, but it was really from 
it was really about BB. It was BB and CC, but BB. It was really more BB focused and about how he and CC deviated because he was this like heartthrob who moved toward um, can, like uh, pop. pop, and she wanted to stay in the more in the more religious lane. But also, they were featured heavily and had a a, a very um, close relationship with. Tammy Wynette or Tammy Faye Baker and oh, yeah, Jim yeah. Baker yeah. and was like on their yes, on their network mm-hmm. and it was like outrageous PTL. yes P- yeah. yes and so that was what the musical is about and it was really not bad there was a Whitney impersonator who was actually very good hmm. um, and so that's we saw how that kind of happened but ultimately the show was for me a real um, um, uh, it, it really you know, uh, uh, exposed me to all the, I love gospel music, but it exposed me to like the best of the best contemporary, like new Jack swing gospel music that I missed. Yeah. I used to have to wait for the bus when I was a kid in front of this religious bookstore in Mm. downtown Richmond, Virginia, which is where I'm from. And I, they like never changed their window display or maybe because I was a kid, this was like two months, but to me it feels like years. Of course. But the window display was this huge printed article about the Winans. Yeah. And since I would have to stand there, I would just read it day yeah. after day. Day after day. <laughs> like, yeah, let's get back into this Winans article. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Little Eliza reading about BB and Cece every single mm-hmm. day. Yeah, oh, and all of them. Yeah. The whole thing. All the Winans. Um, moving from this to uh, keeping the Whitney theme going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the next song is Where Do Broken Hearts Go? Oh my God, it's so good. There's a there's so many to choose from so from many her category from. from her catalog and sometimes I'll do solo karaoke of course. and make a little rule for myself yeah often the rule is all Whitney yes because I'm not gonna try to sing some Whitney songs in front of other people of course I've got not. one I'll sing in front of other people but most of them no way no and so I'll do things like uh, where do broken hearts go uh-huh. run to you run to you's amazing yeah the like I have nothing yeah the real torch songy mm-hmm. ones. I have nothing is great. This one's great. Do you do you step into the Nippy era, Whitney? Because you know how her nickname was Whit- was yeah, Nippy. Yeah, yeah. She had like I think she had. There was that album where she's on the motorcycle and the license plate that's, says Nippy. That, that's what I. Yeah. I, I the one of my karaoke hits in front of other people. Yeah. Is I'm your baby tonight. I'm your I'm your baby tonight. Yes, that one's amazing. And um, I she just kind of, I just love. So many of her songs are obviously ripe for karaoke, but you just don't want to hear them ruined. No, exactly. I and hate hearing them ruined. It's so easy to ruin. So them. easy. Uh, I mean, it's hard to just do a, a like if if you just do a passable version of one of those songs. Yeah, it's ruined. It's ruined. Um, yeah, my my Whitney karaoke jam of choice is. Um, Whichever one is, I believe, the children of the future. Greatest love. Greatest love of all. Yeah. Because I can, I can hit the high notes, but it's in falsetto, but I can still belt the falsetto. Yeah. I, um, that was the song that like kids would do in my elementary school. Yes. And, um, so I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like a third grade teacher has to come up to me and be like, Eliza, it's time you right. can sing that song. Go for it. Um, this song was written by. Uh, this was from her second album, Whitney, mm-hmm. uh, and it was released in released in 1988, just like the last one. Um, but this song was written by Chuck Jackson and Frank Wildhorn. Who's that? Frank Wildhorn. Yeah, he wrote a bunch of musicals. He wrote uh, Civil War, and oh. um, I want to say maybe Jekyll and Hyde is Frank. Wildhorn. Oh wow! Yeah, he wrote like 
I think of him as um, manly musicals. Right, right, like, right. I have to do musicals a thing. Musicals from men. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Kelsey oh, Grammer musicals. Yeah, yeah. Like real, real, uh, real butch. Yeah. Macho musicals. Yeah. Where does where do broken hearts go? I guess could you can imagine <laughs> that being sung by Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it was originally supposed to be recorded by uh, Smokey Robinson. Oh yeah, I can I can hear that. I can hear that. Obviously a different style, but I can hear it. Yeah, I I love to uh, get a little private room and just sing all of the songs and be rid- and be ridiculous. I really relish the no one is going to judge me for choosing these songs. Of course, moments. of course, because I do feel judgment about. Of course. You Absolutely. Know, That's choices. why you got Ken Marino. I, I've done karaoke with him because he's actually really good at it and very passionate about it. Hmm. And he chooses the state of the state. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he chooses themes. So there yeah. are th- different themes, one word songs, you know, mm-hmm. like hair metal, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the theme might be. That's what helps guide the room. And then I, it certainly feels like less judgment. Yeah. Not there's judgment in general, but like. And it's like fun to solve a puzzle almost. Like, yes. oh, that works for this. It's like categories exactly. exactly. with karaoke. Yeah, sometimes we would do... I had a friend who was a bartender at Planet Rose in oh, New sure. York. Of course. And so we would go in and do karaoke roulette. Oh, Because we had both cool. sung so much. So yeah. We'd just be like, that song. Yeah. Oh, we'll see what that Wait, is. Wait, roulette like in the book? Yeah. Yeah. And the, run, run our fingers up and down the, the... Like, we'd flip through the pages randomly, pick a page, yes. run our fingers up and down, somebody would say stop, and we'd be like, okay, whatever that is. Yeah, that's terrifying. That would be terrifying to me. Really? Yeah. Why? Because what if you land on something you don't know? Well, and you just make it up. Oh. You just stumble through it. Make maybe you make a better song than I need. I don't know. I need my I need my list. You need to get it correct. It has to be correct. Hmm. Have you done any musical improv? No, no. Does that does the concept scare you? Terrifies me. <laughs> Terrifies me. Absolutely terrifying. And what about now? You mentioned before that you hadn't written music. I believe like I've written I've scared. written some music, but it is not good. Why? Why do you say that? Because it was, it was, it was years ago, and it was just like, oof! It was like just teen poetry kind of stuff. <laughs> it was worse than that. It was like cheesy R and B, cheesy, really cheesy. That's some of the best R and B, though. Oh, I don't know, Brent Sullivan, who is a friend of ours, but also. Yes. Um, co-hosts, you're making it worse. Doesn't let me live it down because somehow he got his hands on. So you recorded demo. it and everything. I just made a demo. It's Ooh. so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. Well, um, I believe it, I, I've brought this up before in this, and I, I have yet to look it up and find out for sure. Or people have told me, and I'm like, forget it every time. I think it was like Ira Glass, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about how your when you when you are. When you have good taste and you are smart and you're a um, consumer of something mm-hmm. and then you start to do it, your abilities do not match up with your taste level. Correct. And it makes a lot of people just tap out oh my God, and stop doing it of because course. they're like, oh, I, can't, I know what I want it to be in my head and That's I'm not right. able to make it. So if you can like push past that and I know. That's get been to my next journey. the next and the next. I've, taught my, I've been t- taking lessons in um, music producing over oh, the yeah? past year and I set up a whole like you know makeshift studio in my house in my apartment and as much as i've learned and poured money into learning it i am that is my exact problem Mm -hmm. i'm so scared of not being able to match up with my taste or like what's in my head that it just keeps me from doing it and procrastinating i started writing and recording music this summer with um some of the guys that i worked with at um, the late late show Mm -hmm. who were in the band there because we'd worked and we had done we had made a lot of music for 
other people. Sure. Um, but I had never, and I, I've done that in a few different places, but I've never done it, recorded myself, yeah. my own stuff. Um, I would either improvise live, um, some and karaoke, or write for other people. And one of the little rules that we made was, okay, we're just gonna we're just gonna make shitty songs. Yeah, we're gonna make shitty songs fast. Right, and then see what happens, and then we'll pick through them. Yes, and see if we can make some of them better. And we've had we haven't been entirely successful yeah. with it because we are kind of critical. Mm-hmm. Probably me more than them. Yeah, um, but. Going in with that. It's a proactive approach. Yeah. It sounds like correct. Just getting stuff done rather than but, making good w- stuff. Wringing your hands and, yes, waiting and waiting and not, it not being good enough. Yeah. yeah. Everyone that I've talked, that I've spoke, spoken to about the process, too, is just like, just sit, put on a timer and go. Yeah. Just sit, put on a timer and go. And it's like, oh, it's so scary. Do you have, what's your goal when you're doing it? Do you have, like, themes and stuff? Or No, I just, I just... There are artists who I listen to and whose work I'm just in awe of. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, God, I would love to get somewhere near like that. Somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, in a hundred mile radius of what they can do. But it takes time. Yeah. And it takes energy and it takes pushing through the fear of failing, which is so scary. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And doing it privately. Yes. Is a good way to start. Yes. That's true. Um. So then next, oh, oh no, I skipped a page. Uh, The next song is yours. It's an artist named Rashid. Mm -hmm. The song is called Pride. I remember it distinctly from being on MTV when I was in high school. And it was, I don't know who he is. I don't know where he comes from. I can barely find him anywhere now. I think I saw him on YouTube and I think he might be trans now. I can't figure it out. Hmm. I can't figure out where he or she or they are. But this song is like the strangest, most like R&B saturated. Like it reminds me of like cowboys and cow, like the the Wild West. But it is pure vocal gymnastics. Kind of languid. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's off of the album Prototype from Prototype. 1998. Yeah. When I look at that cover, I'm like, I think he's like, I think he's like five five. Like he looks like he could fit in my pocket. But like at the in the middle, the middle hung the bridge, and the the refrain. Uh, he he just he just slaughters it, and I'm obsessed. Obsessed with every run, every note of every run that he that he sings. So, uh, before you were saying, what what is your definition of vocal gymnastics? Uh, vocal gymnastics is when somebody does like uh, you know really. Um, elaborate riffs mm-hmm. and you know like melisma a really elaborate melisma but they nail every part of it mm-hmm. so like he's able to do that Whitney was able to do that somebody who does that now who blows my mind is Jasmine Sullivan I don't know Jasmine Sullivan she's like an R&B artist who's so deeply underrated and underappreciated she is an a, 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 I don't know a powerhouse in a way that is Profound. Her voice, her vocal prowess is profound. But but like uh, m- watching Mariah in ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, watching her m- move her mouth, you know, to shape melisma, to shape these insane riffs. That to me is like the epitome of vocal gymnastics at its best. Yeah, and it's just mind blowing. Um, I make people 
I, I will regularly go back and watch live performances of Mariah and especially of course. Whitney. Yes. And when I hear that people haven't done that or seen them, I'm like, I don't understand I you, don't get you as a person. How did you not watch Mariah on SNL? How did you not watch all of Whitney's Grammy performances? Astounding. Like, the, how... Uh, um, I, I sometimes think of vocal gymnastics as like a derogatory thing and mm-hmm. like separate it out from Art. runs or yes. riffs or because um, it feels like oh, vocal gymnastics, that's like it's unnecessary, which is like, look at what I can do, not right. like feel what I can communicate. Yes. Um, but as far as the like shaping the mouth stuff, that's such an interesting point. I feel like the way that uh, I have a theory that a lot of the absurdist humor now came from kids seeing referential humor where they didn't know what the references were so they were Uh like they're just saying a weird thing (laughs) right and that a lot of the super like dead languid um rap now came from people watching music videos of rappers who had had tons of energy in their vocalization and in the studio must have had like must have been just fucking like spitting at that mic right but then in the video they're just laid back yeah and so they so it's like this super energetic thing coming out of this really chill right attitude right and i think that there are a lot of pop vocalists now that move their mouths for no reason right that are just like this is what they do i saw them doing this yes so this is how you tell that you're singing a whole lot <laughs> yes um, yes totally feeling in it. right um it's like you don't you aren't doing that for any reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of like who does that. I feel like, like I like Halsey, but I feel like she does that a little bit. Yeah, Halsey's. You know? have, I, I'm Halsey's like a brain itch for me right now because yeah. her. I I'm, I'm a cord cutter. I watch everything through my the streaming apps. Yes, and her little commercial was like on Hulu with everything I watched. Uh-huh. Do you know this? Cord, I think it's an Apple commercial, but it's just a. Uh, an interviewer being like, was that song hard for you to write? And she's like, oh yeah, absolutely. And then you see her like, like trying to write yeah, it by herself. Yes. And I'm, it, it's, I've seen it way too many times yeah. to ever, ever hear her now. Yeah. She, she sang um, the, the core, the hook for a, a little Wayne song and she sang it on SNL and you can watch her. She's so good because she's like, she's, She's bringing it in the way that it feels like she's an A plus student, you know, or like <laughs> mm-hmm. the lead of a musical where she's she's just, yeah she's singing the hook. She's not doing the rapping like Lil Wayne is, but she is bringing her A game to the job, and you can see her playing with her mouth, the way she's pronouncing words in mm-hmm. a way that is borrowing from the past, but also harnessing her like very contemporary ability to, you know, to 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 make music that is it's just so of the moment it just works whatever that brand of music is it just works cool and it's funny it's just interesting to watch but then i watch someone like demi lovato and i think she's just incredible and i don't think she's i i don't think there's anything there's not it doesn't feel like artifice there she knows her voice she can belt and she can has like a squeak to her voice that works in her favor mm-hmm. and it just works i love it yeah i i i feel with demi lovato it, it's been like I'm a I'm a serious vocalist. Wait, I'm a dance person. Yes. Wait, I'm a serious vocalist. Wait, I'm a dance person. Yes. And I think that the that the public has been kind of like, which is what it? are like, you? We can all be hy- multi hyphenates. We what are you people? Yes. Um, Rashid 
is uh, the, I had the same thing when trying to yeah. find out about him and um, did a bunch of Googling and found on this Prince chat uh, board, uh-huh. uh, people br- brought him up and was like, hey, do people know this? Which I thought was huh. I, like interesting since, yes, he seems very small and, yeah. interest- and like an interesting R&B uh, performer. So uh, not surprising that Prince fans were interested. Of course. Um, he's the son of Cool in the Gang's Ronald Bell. Oh, wow. Yeah. He is? Yeah. Huh. But yeah, all the people on this board are also like, what happened to this Yeah, where guy? is he? Where, where, who, he's like nowhere to be found. Yeah. I loved so, him. I guess that's also kind of the um, the run, the risky run having a one name name. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably uh, true. Throw a last name in there so yeah, people can come Google on. you. <laughs> come on, dude. Um, next pick is mine. Uh, and it is, by the Eurythmics, this, There Must Be an Angel. Oh, I don't think I know this one. You do. And you're probably going to want to sing it once you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I don't know this one. It is from 1985, um, off of Be Yourself Tonight. Wow. Annie Lennox was also on my list, but I cut it. But her voice is... They're just so fun to sing. Oh, my God. She can do any. I mean, she really can do anything. Mm -hmm. And the fact that her... She sounds gospel to me. Okay, let's let's get to the chorus on this one, just because it's familiar and yeah. A, and an, um, oh yeah, right, kind of familiar. Yes, yes. Okay, um, so yeah, I thought it fit in with the gospely stuff, yeah. and uh, it's also I, I think that it's interesting in that. Like you were saying, like she can do so many different things. At this point, the Eurythmics were known for songs like Sweet Dreams. Yes. Um, and even now, I feel like they're more associated with stuff like... New Wave. Uh, yeah, like Here golf. Comes the Rain, What yes. I Lie to You. And this was so, like, literally angelic. Yes, angelic and gospel. And, you know, she she's somebody who, like her, like Robin Thicke, like Bobby Caldwell, they're like artists who kind of have to... Well, I guess Annie Lennox didn't really hide, but like... Someone like Bobby Caldwell, you know, they they, they kind of hide <laughs> so that we don't know what ethnicity they are. Huh. Because I think it could work against them. Annie Lennox, I think, was able to kind of bridge the gap. Hmm. I think. I don't know. I never really thought about that with her. Yeah. I think when you, if you, you know, you listen to her voice and you're like, oh, that sounds like a gospel singer. Yeah. You know? In I, a song like this, especially. I just remember, oh, as a kid, like seeing her in different videos and this she's got like long pretty hair and i was like oh "Oh, thank god because i was like a little girl who was like where what is what this woman right with her short hair i I can't handle it it's not Um, for me yeah it's not for this world yeah um this song also has like a smoke in um stevie wonder harmonica solo oh i love it and is it really stevie it's really stevie and i i nerded out hearing it um recently and heard the harmonica solo and was like that has to be Stevie Wonder. Of and I looked course. it up and I was like, I am a genius. Yes. Which like, is that really a big feat, Eliza, that you could tell a Well, Stevie it's Wonder fun to hear that when you're like, oh, that's Stevie Wonder's harmonica. That's, um... It's so I- that's iconic. That's Nile Rogers bass, electric yeah. bass. I, you know, that's Pharrell's beats. That's yeah. Timbaland's beats. It's fun to understand those flourishes and feel good about yourself. Yeah, and just like the tone of the crazy harmonica he uses. He has like yes. a mouth piano. It's insane. He... Uh, He's a, 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 a an alien unto himself at this point. Yeah, with his abilities. Yeah, he was just in a show that actually I think 
is it's coming out this week. It might be out tonight as this drops, but um, the uh, John Legend's legendary Christmas special. Oh, wow. He was a guest in, and I, I was uh, one of the head writers for and. They were like, the, the, we had been told, like, he likes blind jokes, right? And blind <laughs> jokes. So we're like, okay. So we wrote him some, some like, blind bits. And then his people were like, what did you do? Oh Take God. them out. And we're like, okay, sorry. You can take them out. And then he came in and was like, all right, going to do some blind bits. And oh we're my like, God. oh, okay. So you need to come up with them yourself. With, that makes sense. Sure, of course. That's, on your on your terms. Yeah. It's so weird, the, the things that people are like, that, ooh, they were... The, we got to we got to do this. They love no, it. we can't do that. Yeah. So we're writers, you know. I mean, you've written for course, um, yeah. a bunch of stuff. You're just sitting there like whatever what? you say, what, boss. Whatever happens okay. happens. Okay, sure. <laughs> what do you want? Sure. We'll give you some of that. The opposite? Sure. You got some it of that too. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, you wrote for Younger and I wrote for Younger, Broad City, New Girl, wow. um uh, Teachers, some Billy in the Street. All the, all the hits. People. Yeah, all the hits. All yeah. the hits, baby. Next song is yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Shaka Khan. Yes. It's Ain't Nobody. Ain't Nobody. Shaka Khan, with and without Rufus, is mm-hmm. unlike any other... Uh, and I think Prince wrote this song. Hmm. I think Prince wrote this song, or was, or was that... I don't... I think it was I think it was um, Rufus, like, because they weren't sure if it was... Huh. Yeah, because cause they talked about possibly giving it away to they to um, Michael Jackson to put uh, on Thriller. Yeah. If they didn't make this the lead single off this album, if the, the record label didn't, they're like, we're giving it away then. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Prince wrote uh, uh, another song of hers that's a huge yeah. one that I can't remember the title of off the hand of off my head, but this one is so funky and uh, every Shaka Khan song is juicy. Also, the way that she's able to kind of amble over the over the notes she ambles she mm-hmm. she has a very unique style that i love and that it sounds very easy everything sounds very easy it's almost like she's like just playing and, and it then also when f- she, it's coming out of emotion so much that yes. was just like well wow wow yes wow. and then when she hits the when she hits the big notes it, her voice sounds like a horn mm-hmm. and it's just Using that voice like an instrument like an instrument she's like her voice sounds more like an instrument to me the same way that like Florence Welch sounds like uh, something's on string. You know, she sounds like mm-hmm. some sort of string. Yeah. I love hearing that. And Shaka can like honk the horn, and it's so <laughs> it's so effortless to her. The disco horn sometimes. A disco horn. I I just love it. I love her. I love it. And it's so it's just a fun game to even try to keep up with her. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like this sort of blousy yes so- sound mm-hmm. like it's it's voluptuous yes it's voluptuous but it's but it it's voluptuous but it's i don't i don't know it's just she's just it comes it sounds easy coming out of her out of her mouth mm-hmm. it sounds easy it sounds effortless and fluid and loose and that's the most incredible thing that she can hit these notes and make them sound so good and unique while also it's sounding very loose yeah um this song became do you know about um british footballer chants no so one thing that i think is kind of adorable about um you know soccer football fans which Mm. who are known for being hooligans yes um is they will they've got different little songs they sing for different players okay and there's a player named um joe lolly who plays for nottingham forest i 
that I might not be right about where he plays for right now. I don't know. But his song is um, based on this. It's um, Ain't Nobody Like Joe Lolly. Makes really? us happy, makes us feel this way. And I love the wow. idea of like a stadium of people singing, singing that. Ain't, ain't, ain't nobody, nobody like, like Joe Lolly. Lolly. <gasps> yeah. Did you find video of that? I, I looked around for it. I tried to find it. Oh, my God. Um, and no, I watched a lot of interviews instead. Wow. <laughs> with like bizarre different players. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Good for them. Yeah. I dated a, a Manchester City fan who from Manchester who like... T- told me about that and I was like wait a minute yeah. you guys do what? You gotta rewind that I can't even believe that's you like, sing little songs that's crazy I love that that's crazy like imagine if baseball fans were like alright we have our for each player we got a different cute jingle that we all <laughs> right. sing as a stadium right that's that crazy we gotta do start doing that wow I'd get into sports oh I would get into sports in a second are you? no <laughs> not even not even the slightest did but you, I would did you grow up in New York? yeah not yeah. in the city proper in Long Island in the suburbs, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. But everybody, I mean, the, the chants there are like, "Let's go Rangers!" Just, just like Neanderthals. Yeah, I mean, Queen did what they could. Oh yeah, that was it. They could only go so far, yeah. and you were just waiting for somebody to say something homophobic about Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This guy, or something shocked. He was what? He was what? What'd you say? Not for nothing, but nobody told me about that. Oh, you are from Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> nobody told me about that. Not for nothing. <laughs> uh, what was it like growing up there? Uh, uh, it was okay. My my family was great, but the rest of it is pretty rough. It's just like very, it's very, 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 very machismo focused. Okay. Which comes from, I think, like a, a, a mix of like Italian culture of like mafia culture of like a appreciation for like violence and it's just very it's weirdly conservative in a way that feels strange to someone like me because we're only like an hour-ish from the city and yet i was just like oh my god it's so i don't want to i couldn't i was afraid of like coming out just because even though i could like pass a straight quote-unquote and people liked me i was just afraid that like if i came out it'd be like you're a fucking pushy mm-hmm. it's like wait leave me leave me come I mean, guys probably would have said that whether or not you yeah came that's out, true I'm that's true I mean, it's a it's a very terse environment yeah very terse environment that's the best way to put it so what were you i feel like most of the creative people that i know yeah. um, myself included would like kind of hide and bury themselves yeah in something i didn't really do i didn't really hide i just kind of like did a little bit of everything and quite honestly just tried to deflect attention when i was doing stuff that was performance based whether it was like music or like theater or anything performance based i would sort of deflect by being like yeah i do this but i'm still a guy Oh, you yeah? know, that's what that was my mo. So, and you had the accent and everything. I, you know, I, I think I I listen back to old stuff and it's like, yep, it was there. Especially even as a kid, Here, there's like a video, there's like a, a tape of of me, like my dad being like, "Are you ready to go to sleep?" And I was like, "Well, I wanted to watch Cosby." <laughs> like, oh my god, Cosby. <laughs> well, that makes it sound like you're like a 45 year old divorced. <laughs> I woman. know. That's what I'm saying. The videos are, are hilarious because these little kids, me and my little sister, awesome. Like, the, it's it's so strong, and it just kind of, I think it kind of eroded. But then when I'm around people who are from there, like John Gabris per se. We'll, it'll slide, we'll, right, it'll back we'll it? slide right back into it, mm-hmm. and it sucks. A lot of meatball sub. 
meatballs, palm, meatball palm, <laughs> <laughs> garlic knots. Yeah, I feel like people's relationships with Long Island are so. I, I I always am interested in it because I don't. I can't get a handle on it. It's hard to get a handle on. Yes, it's it seems like a changing thing, and some people are like, "It's my blood," and some people oh. are like, Oof, "It's that's, tough." Yeah, it, that's just where it came from. It's a real mind fuck. It's a real, I'm telling you like it's a real mind fuck. It's weird to be close to the city. It's weird to be close to Fire Island. Mm -hmm. It's weird to be. And the Hamptons. The Hamptons. Like, you know, west, east and south. It's, there's all, there's different things happening but they feel so out of reach because everybody is so Long Island-y. Everyone's so, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I once had, I met um, um, the wife of an actor who's from Long Island and she said, we were talking about her and she was like, yeah, I've never met such narcissistic uh, uh, ethnocentrists who had no business being narcissistic or (laughs) ethnocentric. And that's the, and that's the epitome of it. It's this bizarre, bizarre um, uh, um, resentment of quote, the city. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what are you resenting? That, that, these people are like in, that, that it's more culturally diverse that there's an appreciation for uh, everyone else's way of life and traditions it's like yeah it's very um it's very stuck in its own way in the yeah. suburbs did you feel like being so close to new york was like like there like there's a door like there's an oh yeah i mean i right even there. when i was young i was just i was going i would just take the train in all the time mm-hmm. all the time as soon as i hit like 12 or 13 just doing whatever TKTS and mm-hmm. exploring and just I was just I'm like getting myself out there as much as I could just to feel some sort of you know um um r- r- reach into a, a more diverse environment Identity. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah uh, musical theater was a uh, a big thing for me yeah. as a kid but and also specifically my English musical theater, yeah, um, which is very similar, but uh, because my dad is from England, mm-hmm. and so we would go there a lot. So that was my little like, I have another place, right? There's another place I have access to. You mean Manhattan so, or, or like or London? London. Oh, okay. Um, which leads to our next bit, yeah, which is also one of my solo karaoke hits, um, Buenos Aires from Evita, mm. specifically the London Concept album, gotcha, sung by Julie Covington. Okay. I'm you. I want to say I'm just a little stuck on you. You'll be on me too. This is Avita? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's fun, right? Yeah. Stand back. You ought to know what, what you're going to get in me. Just a little Duchess star quality. This is funky. It's super funky. It really makes uh, Buenos Aires sound like a cool place. Don't hold back. I'm to impress. Tell the driver this is where I'm staying. <laughs> Hello, Buenos Aires. Get this. Just look at me dressed up somewhere to go. We'll put on a show. This okay, uh, Aristotle's going to let me sing the entire song. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think this song is, I love Evita. Yes. This song's really fun. I love Julie Covington. Like, I've tried to get into the Patti Lapone thing, which I know would upset some people, but I'm like, <laughs> Julie is my... She's yeah. She's my Evita, let alone Madonna. Come on, give me a break. Right. Um, but this song also, I cannot sing in front of other people because I get way too into the like, yeah, I'm a fucking star. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna eat you all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Of it, I love. That's uh, the. It's the. That's the inherent. I think vibe of a musical of most musicals, right? Well, I mean, there c- certain characters in musicals, like mm-hmm. you got like your Mama Rose, right, and um. 
and almost alphabet like there like there are some female characters that are like get out of my way or I'll or I'll get you out of right, my way. Right, right, right. And I really relish it because I feel like that's a thing that I am not allowed to feel or express. Of course, yeah. Uh, so it's fun to There's only that. I only honestly like the music for I'm not a big like musicals person. The only the, the music that I like is from How to Succeed in Business without really trying. For some reason I like okay. love that music. Uh-huh. Um I like Into the Woods. Sure. I like that's the the in, the weirdness of Sondheim, the like obtuseness of it all. Yeah. And uh those I I would assume you'd probably like the Pattery songs? Yes. Yeah. I do. I do. I think that it's weirdly like sometimes I'll listen and I'll be like, this is honestly not that different from hip hop now. Hmm. It's like kind of in the same boat in certain ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, then the other the music that I do, the one, the couple songs that I do sing karaoke wise is suddenly Seymour from um, Little Shop. Me too. Yeah, it's the best. And when you were talking, uh, when we were talking about um, uh, uh, the BB and CC Hold yes. Up the Light, yes. uh, I also love doing duets where I sing all b- both Green. parts but especially suddenly Seymour when I put it in at karaoke with other people around yes. people be like oh you want me to sing it with you I'm like get away from me right, no, right. I sing the song yes, it's all me because I like doing that switch and I like having both sides of me in well, also that. what I find fascinating when I listen to that song is Ellen Green's voice is so strange. <laughs> Isn't that strange? I like, love how it like falls out it of her falls. mouth. Every note, every <laughs> I've I've listened to it so many times that I've really tried to like figure out what's going on there. And it's she's literally yo she literally does what is technically like yodeling like at that, the that, end of the catch. Ev- yes, the yeah. catch at every note. And that is so brilliant and so like rock star. Yeah. She's like a fucking rock star. Well, and it's it's her it's a way of singing that song that passionately, that strongly yeah. through that affected voice she's using yes. for the whole character. Yeah. Like otherwise you would have to drop that character voice. Yes. And so it's kind of brilliant. It's brilliant. The it's way astounding that she, to listen to. It yeah, it's so great. Um uh, another song that I really I, I, I like that to me it's that they just sort of bleh out of her mouth. Yes. Um, which also happens in Breathe Again by Tony Braxton. Oh yes. Um, there's so she like doesn't finish half of the words. I love it. Very on Ariana Grande. Thinking about yes. About I love it. I love it. Same thing with "You're Making Me High" by Tony. Uh-huh. I didn't put that on the list, but that is up there. Uh, yeah, my favorite. A uh, Tony Braxton is another. That's those are songs that I won't sing in front of other people because I'm like I don't think I'm gonna be able to nail these. Yeah, Ariana but, does that too. Ariana any. Any Ariana Grande song, she it sounds like obviously people make fun of her. They call I read that people call her. Um, the uh, the um, m- mumble queen, hmm, okay. <laughs> which I'm like I don't know, but I lo- I love how garbled her voice sounds sometimes. It's my favorite. Yeah, I think it's, she's gonna stand the test of time. She will and eat some people. She will. I love it. Yeah, um, but we we're talking about uh, Evita. Yes. I'm like, did I have anything else to say to this? I'm like, what road did we just go down? Um, just musicals. Yeah, just musicals. Um, Julie Covington was. Uh, she also originated the role of Janet in um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. In the movie? In the stage. Oh, in the stage. Stage version in 1973, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, 1973 in That's the original cool. production. Um, and yeah, she was discovered doing cabaret. Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, I think she should be our Evita because he and you know Tim Rice weren't like, they were still like coming up. Uh-huh. 
they did the concept album and they were like, hey, do you want to be Evita in our show? And she was like, I don't really like Ava Perone, so no. She said no? She said no. And her recording of Don't Cry For Me Argentina had already charted. It was like... Uh, no, I, number one, yeah, it was number one in the singles UK singles charts, um, and so it went to Elaine Page, and she ended up having a huge career. This wow. she was Grizabella. She um, she sang a, another song, another musical theater song that became a hit. Um, well, it kind of became a hit from Chess. Uh, I know him so well. This is mm. a duet between two women. A song that I almost put on here instead of Buenos Aires, also from Chess, is um, "One Night in Bangkok." That really was the single from huh. Chess. Do you know that song? I don't know. One any, night I don't in know Bangkok Chess. And it's another. It was just a concept album. It's never. It it was never a musical. Really? Mm-hmm. So it's never been staged anywhere. Never been staged or never staged successfully. Huh. Um, yeah, it's about a chess competition. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. In Bangkok. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, it's wild the things that people will make musicals out of. I mean, of. really, yeah, truly. That's I had this. I think I've talked about this before. I had this bit at the Late Late Show that I would have to write called "Inappropriate Musicals," where they would take yes. movies <laughs> and make them into musicals. I would always push for like, can we make it not movies? Because that's done too much. So I got them to do TV shows once. I was trying to get them to let me do cereal boxes. Yes. And they were like, "You're weird." <laughs> um, but my problem with the bit was that. I don't think there's anything that can't be a musical. It's the, it's the truth. It's crazy. Come from away. What the fuck is come from away? Yeah. A musical about rerouted planes. They made a musical of Kiss of the Spider Woman. Yeah, I don't even. What is that? That's a that's a movie with Raul Julia about uh, prisoners of war in um or, the, or prisoners in in I think Argentina. They're in they're in a prison and uh, he yeah he's a he's like a a social justice guy. Mm. I'm not. I don't have my words. And he gets put in a cell with uh, this guy who's in there for being gay. And the gay guy falls in love with him. And when he's released, it he the the social justice guy kind of has been like, well, like they've got a bond, but he's not gay. Yeah. But he kind of manipulates him into like, hey, will you deliver this? Will you do this thing for me when you get released? Because I know you're going to get released. And right. I'm not. And he goes and does it. And then I believe gets killed. One of the weird things that I do a lot in this podcast is explain the plots of movies to people. <laughs> right. So I think I've wait, just done that who's again. Who's the Spider Woman? I just remember. Oh, the that is. He's obsessed with um, with old movies, oh. and so he has the he, he like one of his ways to survive in this prison, especially when he's um, like given he's like drugged, and I think I think like maybe electroshock or something. Like they treated it horribly. Is he's imagining? These old Hollywood oh. um, starlets. I remember the. I just as a kid, I remember the commercial played constantly with Cheetah Rivera. Yes, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, Cheetah Rivera, and then Vanessa, Vanessa Williams. Williams, and it was one of the only times, or maybe just first times, that they had re-recorded the soundtrack because Vanessa Williams was so good in it. Yeah, that so makes there's sense. Two versions of it. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, they make anything. Yeah. Into. Any, uh, there's the ones with Roland Xanadu, mm-hmm. uh, Starlight something. Starlight Express. Was that, was that also on like roller bl- roller skates? It was or? on quad skates originally, wow. but then they did change to rollerblades eventually. But yes, it was trains. Very sexy trains. Mm. Talked about it a bunch. Uh, it's one of my favorites. They made Big the movie into a musical that was mm-hmm. not successful. They made a musical. There was a musical that, were, that the original book was written by um, uh, Cronenberg uh, for this 
magician named Doug Henning. Oh, yeah. I know um, Doug Henning. Yeah. And then they, they eventually got a different book, but I just love that the original music, the original book for this was by fucking Cronenberg. Yeah, that's bizarre. I would love to see a Cronenberg musical. Oh, my God. Me too. That I would see. Right? Yes, of course. They did, a, they did an opera of The Fly. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Howard Shore, who does the music for his movies, had made it. Well, even if you think about Little Shop, it's like, what? Exactly. What is this? I think the best musicals that are made from movies are made from bad movies. Yeah. The worst your movie is. Yeah. I love, There's they made one of Toxic Avenger, and mm. I think it's I think it's great. It rocks. It's, wow. Yeah. Wasn't there one like Bat Boy? Yep. There was and Bat Boy. And that was Boy. successful, mm-hmm. I think? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, I think it was... Was that by the same people who did Urinetown? I was just going to say Urinetown. Yeah, Urinetown was a big hit. And it was about a place where people had to pay to pee. Crazy. Yeah. Urinetown. Yeah. So there's no reason why we can't all be writing musicals because Rent there's is no barely standard. barely anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and supposedly it's La Vie Bohème, right? Supposedly. Um, and cats doing... is a list of cats. Cats is a list of cats telling you their jobs and how lazy and fat <laughs> they are. That's all they do. That's it. They list their, what they do. They're a, it's a list of cats. And... Apparently, at the with the original production, when you would go in the theater, they had like, a, like big items so around, oh, so ew. you felt little. That's gross. I, I don't like that. Love it. Ugh. I think it's like so yarn, weird. Yarn and like like a big pencil, milk. so you're Ugh. like, oh, I'm a cat too. Ugh, Come you're on. in the junkyard or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Jellicle yep. cat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's wild. It's one of the things. Like that's the thing. I know musicals are are very cheesy to people, but I'm like. <laughs> This is avant-garde. When you get in, you get in. <laughs> like, when you get no into it, limits. you're in. Um, the next song is uh, one of yours. Mm. Um, this is by Thundercat. Yes. This is called Them Changes. Thundercat is a incredible musician. Um, my brother-in-law introduced me to the song. It's just like fat, slapping bass. Oh, his voice is great. Yeah, it was originally, I believe it was originally on The Beyond Where Giants Roam, which was an EP in 2015, and then released also, also included in Drunk uh, last year in 2017. Drunk, yes. Which was an, an album that's just altogether an amazing album. Mm-hmm. But I love how his voice is doubled or tripled here or something. Yeah, he did an episode of Song Exploder about oh. this, which is a real—it's a really good episode and, um, that t- talks about not only all the technicalities, yeah. of it and the choice of sample that they use oh, for the I drums, to to that. but also his feelings about the lyrics that he wrote and the choice to sing. That yeah. um, he's not—he's like, I don't want to sing and. Um, uh, Flying Lotus, who and the collaboration between yeah. the two of them, how much collaboration it took. How Flying Lotus was like, come on, man, you gotta sing. I was talking to a guy at a party, and he had like this really cool jacket and a cool like headband. And I'm talking to him, and I'm talking to him, and I was like, oh my god, I'm literally talking to Thundercat. Really? Yeah, I was like, that's where I know that like j- jacket from. Oh, and you know, he's super super cool. But I was like, oh, I love you, I love you. <laughs> did you say that, or did you keep it cool? I kept it cool. Okay, but then like just almost like it was like a, it felt like a gift to me. Ariana Grande recorded it, covered it yes. for BBC One, yeah, and yeah. it's my favorite, technically my favorite song of 2018. Wow! Because she just kills it, and I love hearing, I love knowing that she knew the song or somebody introduced the song to her, and I love hearing somebody who is not the writer of the song just having fun doing the gymnastics. That's what you do. That's what I do, and I love it. It's fun. Yeah, I love it, and it brings out something that again that. The, he talked about it a bunch with the collaboration, but I think 
that it pulls things out that you wouldn't have otherwise. That's right. Uh, I direct. I, w- I was going to direct myself recently in a video, and I really didn't want to do it, even though I want to direct. Yeah. I want to be in it. <gasps> right. But I'm like, it's going to be limited. Yes. You got to have some triangulation, some other brains yes. pulling at you and poking at you yeah. and showing you the other side of things you might not have noticed. Yes. Um, yeah, it took me a while to get into this album because the first song I heard from it was Friend Zone, which I did not like. Yeah, sure. Um, and then I heard the, I'm forgetting the name of it, but the Kenny Loggins one. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? It's so good. With Michael, Mc- Kenny <laughs> yeah. Loggins and Michael McDonald. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah. I love him so deeply. Uh, Thundercat or? Yeah, Thundercat. Yeah. And Kenny Loggins. Yeah, why not? And Michael McDonald. Sure. Um, but yeah, it, and it, Thundercat is the, the alter ego of bassist and singer-songwriter Stephen Brunner. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a great one. Um, we're, we're clipping along. The next song is mine. I had to. It's shallow. Oh, by from a Stars Born. Yeah, perfect. How are you not gonna scream this around oh your house God. constantly? I'm mad because I can't hit. I can't even squeak the notes when she hits. Tell me uh, I my feeling about this, I'm okay when it starts and it's Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper, but then at the end when he comes in, I'm like, get out of here. Get Me out. and Gaga are I fucking know. now. Get out. Get I your know. hands off us. I know. I feel like, the same way. We don't watch you anymore. Go away. <laughs> Sit at least he's smart enough to know it's like, yeah, I'll start it, and then I'll hand it to her. Yeah. And another thing that, um, so there's no drum in any of this beginning part. Right. And I love thinking about the idea that this is something. She's never played with this band, right? She's just walked on stage and right. he's like, surprise, I got this I got this song for you. Yeah. And that she's <laughs> gonna start singing it with them. And so they're all like following each other, which is for all for most of the instruments for the guitar, the bass, and you're like, okay, they can kind of slide around it. But once she and the drums are work playing with each other, the idea that and I know they didn't they weren't playing it for the first time. Of course. But the idea that those people were playing it for the first time, I'm like, they run off stage and fuck yes, after that. This that's is right. them music fucking. This is it. It's raw. It's happening. Um, it's so connected. Uh yeah. Uh, and the visual of her like holding her hands over her eyes is like so real. Yeah. That was when I was like, I mean, that for me was like, oh my God, she's a really good actress. Like, or maybe she was directed well, but like it felt correct. It, earnest, authentic, mm-hmm. and real. It felt like a moment that she really knew, too. Yes. That, like, oh, God, what's happening to me? This is scary. Oh, God, I want this so yeah, badly. Yeah, great. Oh, my God. Um, like, I, like, pushing it out and drawing it in all at the same time. Ugh, yes. Love it. And love that, it. Ah, yeah. I'm like, ah, that's Gaga. Yes. Gaga. Love uh, it. Um, I've heard people talk about this soundtrack, about the, like, shit on the, um, the pop The cheesy song. songs, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. We're talking about Lady Gaga. Yeah. She's not here for shitting on pop music. No, Her she's first not. song was just dance. Yes, of course. Pop, 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 poker face. Yeah, she knows. You think she didn't write a killer pop song of for course. this? Of course. Of course. It's not deep, no. but it's still a jam. No, totally. Uh, hair, body, face. <laughs> I think that's a song is great. The. That, do a do whatever that. That. Uh, can, why don't do you do that? Do that? Do that? Do that? Do that to me. Fine by me. I'll listen to that. Yeah. Happily. Yeah. Um. Did you like the movie? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I liked the movie. I, I thought it was going to... I honestly... Be, yeah, I did think I was, it was going to be like a joke. Mm-hmm. I really did. I couldn't, like a melodrama. Yeah, it's just yeah. a joke. And 
who knew? It was really good. It was really earnest. It was felt realistic. Even you know, I mean, I thought uh, um, um, Bradley Cooper was like good, but I could, I, I never forgot it was him. Yeah. But like, there the movie itself was just very. I don't know. It just felt very earnest and nuanced, and they that they weren't trying too hard. Yeah, maybe Sam Sam Elliott's mustache was trying a little hard. <laughs> oh, a little I felt too like hard. it was given just the just the right amount. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, I was like, "You're was a good actor." What? Yeah, what's happening? Um, so the 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 music on this and this song definitely. Um, Gaga collaborated with Mark Ronson, mm-hmm. um, who also pr- produced Joanne, which we can see mm-hmm. him doing in the documentary. Five, Lady of Gaga course, yeah. Um, but I also like thinking about this and Joanne. I feel like you can really hear that song, um, A Million Reasons, yes. in it. A Million Reasons, Not so yes. much that you're like, oh, it's the same one being reworked, but you can, they're, yeah, they're, they're siblings. They're from the same, yeah, they're from the same family. Um, and that scene where she's covering her eyes, that was shot at the Greek theater. It I, was? Yeah. Oh, it was. That's right. So That's right. Yeah, somebody told me that when we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah, that's astounding. And then the, the drag scene was filmed at the Virgil. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. I really should have realized that. Yeah. I, I ran a show there for years. Yeah, that was the Virgil. Wow. Yeah, they put they some, made it like, look so much smaller. They made it smaller. Cozy. And when the drag queens were like, you know, sna- uh, like sassing her from the stage or sassing Bradley Cooper, they like, I think they like put something on the podium. Like it looked like rhinestones or something. But yeah, that was the Virgil. Huh. Weird. I know. Well, we've come to the end of our pod or of our playlist. Yes. The final song is yours. Okay. This was uh, a late edition because we couldn't find some of the other ones. Yes. But you actually had multiples. For I this. had so many. You had um, alternates ready. But this is Maxwell, right? Mm-hmm. This is Lifetime by Maxwell. This was my signature song in our college acapella group. Really? So you'd like come to the front and there would come be dudes the behind you in little suits? Yes. Oh no, we didn't do suits. I was I like went in and was like, guys, no black and flare, no cheat, no like Dave Matthew. I was like, I like cleaned up. I love everybody there, but I was like, I we gotta clean up. Gotta be cool. Gotta be cool. And so this was an addition that I pushed for. Um and then it became like my signature song and I had I think I won like some some a cappella like the ICCAs or whatever, wow. whatever they do in Pitch Perfect. Like I got like un- that. I got the like b- vocal thing that year, which was lovely. But the best part was going to when we would do this in like around New York, like in Central Park or shit. Pe- we would have, people would be like, "What's that?" They would stop, and I still will never forget like three middle-aged women of color who were like screaming. They were like screaming while I was singing. They were like, <laughs> like "Oh like, my!" Yes. They were so into it, and it was the funniest thing because they were just so enthusiastic but it's like we're such nerds like we're a nerdy acapella group and yes it's like it's an it's nyu and yes it's we're a diverse group of people and yes we have good taste but ultimately it was like we're still nerds we're still nerds in in a (laughs) semicircle in central park and these three wonderful women were like screaming at me like i was singing in in like a church choir they could see your uh rock star soul or your r&b star soul through your nerd exterior it melted my heart it (laughs) melted my heart it was like like the, the winning the award was like great but this was like a true um validation for me of like what I wanted to sing and what I wanted people to hear <laughs> and how you wanted to be seen that's right yeah. and now I see I saw Maxwell in concert um a couple weeks ago and he just never gets work he just is so good he just is so good his voice yeah. is fantastic his one of the one of the founders sort of or uh, stall the the 
first wave of Neo Soul. Neo Soul, yes. Mm-hmm. He, him, D'Angelo, Eric Abadu. He has just stood the test of time and just, he's so good. He's so, like, sexy. And he's, like, he he's personifies the, like, sexy R&B Lothario, but it's always feels, it always feels um, intelligent. It mm-hmm. never feels cheesy. It never, yeah. his music has never felt, like, lame it's it also, aged well it also doesn't feel super predatory it's not, not like, at all not like the weekend kind of stuff right he's very celebratory of women not at all um and very tender about it yeah. not it's not aggressive or you know it doesn't step into like genuine genuine or like mm-hmm. r kelly territory ever mm. it always feels respectful and kind yeah um, thank you so much for doing so much for doing I'm this. I'm so glad I finally got to. Me too. Thanks. I think we made a good playlist. We did a cool playlist. Yes. Where can people find you? Oh, just at Elliot Glazer uh, on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or ElliotGlazer.com or HarningRedditions.com. And then you're making it worse is also a Starburns production. There we go. Great. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com and you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess in the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.